Hey, loyal listeners, at a local mastermind meeting we had recently, it was called Falling in Love, an Insurance Valentine's Day Proposal of Lust. It was put on by Ryan Hanley. You've probably seen that when you hit play here. Ryan, for about the next 20 to 30 minutes, lays out exactly how he processes three to 400 leads a month. And when I say that, he lays it down like step by step. I encourage you to listen to this. And by the end of it, you're going to want to send it to other people in your staff and your team, specifically those who are dealing with inbound leads. It is a jewel. I told my team, I said, you've got to cut this amount out. This is an hour long meeting, but we're just giving you the juice, the meat, the succulent flavor. Enjoy. This is AI Podcast. Not artificial intelligence, agency intelligence. Our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams. A platform for agents. When people think of niche marketing, they're thinking so small scale. In real life agencies, sharing their thoughts. All you need to do is get in front of more people. To transform an industry. Better coverages, uh, better pricing, just better everything. Real. The difference between givers, takers, and matchers. Agents. I guess I took a slightly different path coming to the agency. I know a lot of agencies. You can partner your clients with those companies that are looking for that specific target market. This is AI Podcast. Are you ready? I am. Let's go. Ryan, it's great. Tell us what you're talking about inbound leads. Tell us about road oh, you risk. Want... Yeah, road risk. Well, you got to give me some direction here. I got ADHD and I'm a highly contextual person. Just point me in a vector, bro. What do you want me to talk about? A vector. The vector who uses that word besides him anybody else anybody else from the northeast see that's why he's using that word all right hey okay hanley so you've been at rogue risk now and one of the things that i talked about and the reason why people hear inbound leads you talk about the things that you do with inbound leads how you get oh gotcha leads, okay but also right, i know way, where we're going now. but also the way that when you answer the phone the trust you're building all those things okay so right. uh inbound leads so you're saying stop telling stories and just talk about regular. If you want to tell stories, but make sure it's about inbound leads. Gotcha. Okay. Inbound leads. So inbound leads are very different than referrals. Referrals. So, so think about, think about how we handle a lead almost like a video game, right? There's this meter and it's a trust meter. And when you get, when the meter gets full, you win the video game. The person buys insurance from you. Okay. But they're not going to buy from you until however much trust they need to build with you is built. Now, if you're doing outbound, you know, Cass likes to call himself a whale hunter. Uh, I remember when he was writing renter's insurance policies, you know, so, you know, when he's whale hunting, right, he has a whole series of things that he does around prospecting and calling and, you know, all this value stuff he's talking about to build trust in that particular market. Referrals are going to come in with some of that trust meter already filled up, which is why most agents love it because you don't have to work as hard, right? The you know, your, your best bud or a client you have or whatever refers over this person. And because of that referral, they're coming in with some of that trust meter already full or, or, or all the way full. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. When it comes to inbound leads, you know, outside of like maybe the first true cold call inbound leads probably come in at the second least amount of trust, right? They, they've maybe watched a video or they've read something, but they don't know you yet. And they haven't validated that what they've seen online equates to what you actually are. So, so, so many of the initial interaction has to do with, with establishing trust and, and validating that. Okay. okay. So 
one of the very classic mistakes that I've seen when it comes to inbound leads is we treat them like referrals. We take a phone call expecting that person to trust us when they do not. So what does that look like? You know, phone call comes in, you know, hey, Ryan, you got a lead on the phone. Okay, great. Hi, 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 Mr. Cass. What's the name of your business? And uh, uh, what's, what's your address? And you haven't even, you haven't talked to them. You don't know what's going on. And you're already trying to grab information because that's what you do from referrals, right? A referral, you just immediately get into information gathering. But with an inbound lead, you have to, you have to establish some expectations, some parameters. Um, you have to handle them much differently. So uh, what we've developed at Rogue through at this point, thousands and thousands of inbound leads that we've received. We're, we're doing close, some months we're cresting 400 inbound leads a month. We're consistently cresting 300 inbound leads a month. So we're usually in that range um, at this point. So we're- Small you know, commercial hand lead or is those commercial hand leads are in personal lines? Uh, no personal, we don't do any personal That's what uh, right now. Um, we're planning on launching a white gloves personal line service just for our clients as a cross-sell mechanism, but we're not going to be doing, we're not going to be driving personal lines business into our agency. We'll have a personal lines department that kind of handles okay. our business owners, personal lines, but uh, that's going to be launching in Q4. But so these small commercial leads come in and small commercial can mean anything from say 250,000 in premium down to 250 bucks, right? We handle micro to we'll say smaller middle market. Our mantra is no customer left behind. We can answer a question on that if you want. But so these leads come in and this methodology that we've developed is, is very straightforward. And it goes something like this. Person calls. I get the phone call. I say the same exact thing to them every time. Jason, thank you for reaching out. Saw that you were interested in insurance. How can I help? And then I shut up. And the reason that I do that is similar to the psychological tactic that Cass was was discussing earlier around things having value, people develop more trust when they're talking to you than when they're listening to you. Mm. So by, by, by saying, by asking a very open-ended, but hopefully thoughtful question, right? I'm, I'm being very sincere, right? It's thank you for calling. I appreciate it. How can I help? Right? Not what do you need, right? How can I help? Because what you find is their problems are all over the board, right? They may be calling for workers' comp, but really they have a commercial auto issue. You never know, right? Or maybe they have this, maybe maybe they're calling for because they think they need a GL policy, but really they need cyber or they need, or they need all of it or, or their problem is nothing to do. Their main issue doesn't have to do with their insurance policies. It has to do with maybe a non-responsive agent or an agent that just you know mails in renewals and hasn't contacted them in years or whatever, whatever they're, you figure out just by answering that open-ended question and being quiet, they'll just start barfing on you all their problems. Cause again, this isn't, this isn't a cold call where I've kind of wedged my way in and said, here's how we add value. This is an inbound lead that raised their hand and said, I have this problem. Can you solve it? Right. That's the, that's the difference. They've, they've raised their hand and said, I, I have a problem. Can you solve it? So very open-ended and what I, and I'll sit there and I take notes, you know, and I just, you know, take notes on what they're saying. And, and basically they're, they're giving me the roadmap to writing their business. They're telling me they don't like the fact that, you know, maybe, maybe we get a lot of business from next. So a lot of people who initially do business with next insurance, then can never get a hold of anybody or can't talk to anybody with real expertise. They then go back on the internet 
and find us because we rank for a lot of similar terms that Next does. So we get a lot of former or current Next clients will contact us. And, the, and it often has to do around either a lack of expertise or a lack of responsiveness is, is why they come to us. So at that point, I'm not selling them insurance. I'm selling them, we're, I'm selling them our human optimized service model. And, and how we operate, you know, I'm not even, the policies at that point become a no-brainer because I'm not even going to talk to them about their insurance policies. I'm going to talk to them about this non-responsive and need for, for expertise. And I can set, I can set guideposts and expectations throughout the, throughout the process um, around what they've just told me is their issue. So now I'm not addressing things that aren't their issue, which allow me to really dial in on that trust meter and get there quicker, Okay. If I just start, if they fill out my form and click, you know, I have a need for workers comp say, and I just start barfing at them why we're the best workers comp and we have this nurse triage and we do this and blah, blah, blah. And they're going, I, I don't give any of that stuff. I need an agent who's going to pick up the phone and I haven't even addressed that. Right. So it allows you to, you seem like a superstar because you've let them explain to you what the problem is and what that's doing is rapidly building the expectation meter or uh, the trust meter. So I said, you set expectations throughout the process. So basically you're setting an expectation and confirming every get confirmation. So what that might look like is, so let's say they call us, they have this workers comp need and their issue is they they're really struggling to get waiver of subrogation, you know, uh, language added to a certificate because their agent is non-responsive. That's a, that is a fairly common, the lack of responsiveness of both the people in our industry and our digital competitors is a, is probably the biggest reason that we get business. So so let's say that's the problem, right? Non-responsiveness of agents around this workers' comp policy. So I will say to them, you know, if you had a dedicated account manager that or by, by becoming a client of Rogue Risk, you get a dedicated account manager. I don't know who that will be at this time, but when you do, you'll have her direct line or his direct line, uh, an email, and you can contact them whenever they want. They're your person. That's the language I use. You have a person now. You'd have a person. Does that sound like something that would work for you if you had a specific person that you knew to call? Well, shit. Yeah, that sounds great. Say no to that. Boom. They've just confirmed. So, so, so doing business with us, if you had a dedicated account manager, that would work for you. Yes. Awesome. Okay. All I'm, I am setting an expectation, getting them to confirm. And each time they confirm the trust meter is going up and up and up. Okay. Okay. So I think a lot of us set expectations, but we don't confirm. Go on. But I think that was a big, yeah, we start, we start barfing on them, all the things we're going to do without getting their confirmation that one, they actually want that thing or two, that they actually value it, right? Gotcha, the person gotcha. may come back and go, nah, I don't, I mean, sure, whatever, but like, I just need someone to pick up the phone, right? So you're mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm not gonna press that lever anymore. All, you know, what this person is saying is a dedicated person isn't necessarily important to them. I'm, you know, they just need someone to pick up the phone. Okay, so basically you're, you're trying to, you're trying to, if, if, if the, if what they potentially need starts out this big, you're trying to narrow it down to exactly what's going to get the, the deal closed by, by listening to them. That kind of gives you, I'll use that word again, Cass, even though you made fun of me for it, it gives you a vector. And then by, by setting expectations and confirming that they find that, that valuable, we're able to narrow, 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 narrow. And then once I have a feel on that call for what's going to close the deal, I, 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 I move to my close. So our metric, one of the primary metrics, we call them STMs, shit that matters. One of our one of our primary STMs is one call closes. I want to speak to a customer only one time. I do not want to have to speak to them again. That doesn't mean I don't want to communicate with them ever again. But I want to I want to spend only one phone call 
to properly set all, if I, if I do this right, I properly set expectations, I build trust, and I gather any necessarily information that I need to close the deal in one phone call, and I never have to speak to them again to close that account. That's, that's our aspirational goal, and we do track to that metric. So one thing's one thing, Ryan. So you're not necessarily always closing, but you set up everything to happen and there would be another piece of communication that would close it or. So here's, so when I feel like I've dialed in on, I now know what will close this deal. Okay. Once mm-hmm. I get that in my brain, once I get to that point, right. Some with some people, it takes five minutes with some people, it takes 50 minutes. It all depends mm-hmm. on the account and how complex it is. And okay. Gotcha. And, and again, some accounts, you just have to make multiple phone calls. I, this is not like a hard and fast rule. Right. What I'm trying to do is get good at the process to the point where it's happening more and more often. Okay. So once I feel like I have that dialed in, and this is the magic, in my opinion, of handling inbound leads at scale and really doing this right. Okay. You've asked an open-ended question and gotten a good feel for what their expectations are, which gives you a vector to to what's going to help them close. You're setting expectations and asking for confirmations to really dial in and hone in on that thing. And once you get there, you say this. Jason. Thank you so much. This has been great. I feel like I have I, I have a really good feel for, for what you're doing. I do this like a thousand times a month, man. And I really know we can help you. Uh, there's a few more pieces of information I need to gather from you, which I'm going to do once, I, you know, once we're done here. But I want you to know what's going to happen next. And none of us do this, all right? None of us do this on a consistent basis. We literally tell them exactly what's going to happen next, right? Here's what's happening next, Jason, okay? I'm going to take the information I've gathered from you. I'm going to go out to the three or four carriers that I believe are the best fit for you. Now we have 50 carriers, but only three or four are really a good fit. And I know what they are. So I'm going to go to those three or four carriers. And based on what they give me back, their coverage, the coverages, the coverage packages and the pricing, I'm going to make a decision on what I think is best for you. And I'm going to send that to you in a video proposal. Okay. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With MBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with MBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. Video proposal has three parts. The first part is in the body of the email that you get from me, it's going to have like a general breakdown of what I found. Okay, then there's going to be a video that you click on and you can watch. And I really hope that you watch it because it breaks down exactly why I chose that carrier and exactly uh, the coverages that are important and it breaks down the pricing and everything. And then the third thing you're going to get is attached to that email is going to be a copy of the carrier proposal. Now, I know all you elitists and purists out there are going, Ryan, but we have our own custom proposal that separates us and it talks about our agency and we spent so much time on it. I think it's a complete and utter waste of time outside of the middle market, okay? Anything less than a three, $400,000 account custom proposal is bullshit. And the reason I think that is, is you can write whatever you want on that custom proposal. You think you're being super classy and sophisticated, and really what you're doing is you're just making shit up. Now you're not actually, because you're good. You know, we're all good. But I know what you mean. They could be thinking that. You just, 
where did the numbers come from? It's magic. You know, it's, it's, it's magic. So what I say to them is, here's what I say. The reason I send you the carrier proposal, because agents don't do this, right? We think they're gross and they're ugly and I want it to be about my brand. And that's fine. That's ego talking. That's not real life. Okay. What I say to them is I hate buying things when I don't have all the information. So I include the carrier proposal, the, what I get, because it's what I get. So you now have, I'm sending this to you. You have all the information I have. You have everything I have. So when next time we get on the phone, we have a, we have a quality conversation where we're both coming from a position of power. I want you to have as much power as I have. And I shut up. And, they, and they'll usually go, oh, okay, cool, cool. 89% of the time, that deal closes. When I get to the video proposal portion, when I, when I actually send the proposal, right? So I've done some filtering on the front end. If it, we don't write towing, so if it's towing, I kick that out. Or, you know, I maybe get into the call and realize the person's just, a, you know, working with 17 different brokers and spraying, praying the market. And I don't want to deal with that, right? So, you know, I'm obviously filtering out stuff that isn't a good fit for us. But when I send a video proposal out, we close 89% of the time. And the reason is, is that I've asked an open-ended question, which gave me a vector on what the solution is. I've set expectations and asked for confirmation of value to allow me to hone in on exactly what's going to close this deal. I, I then tell them exactly what's going to happen next. And I deliver in a way that gives them as much transparency and insight into that deal as I have. So they, are, they, don't, they know I'm not a joker. I've literally just given them everything I have right? This proposal is what I sell you. You now have it. You're staring at exactly what I'm staring at. So the trust meter is now bursting out the top and I'm getting like bonus tokens. If this were a bit, you know, the video game analogy, because I've, I've developed so much trust. Right. And what happens is they never want the next call. What I get back is, and I, here's what, so, so here's the other thing, they? right? So here's the other thing. So I've just said all this, then I do it. And I deliver in the, the Loom video, and I use uh, Better Proposals. It used to be Neoteric Agent for this. I use Better Proposals for this. And uh, the Loom is the video that you put in. The Loom video is, you know, let's say it's like a Hartford account. You know, $1,000 Hartford Bop or whatever. Let's just say it's, that's what it is. I'll be like, Jason, I'll be honest with you, man. I'm incredibly excited. I was hoping Hartford was going to be the carrier that would have the best rates and best coverage because they're just tremendous, A-rated company, great claims, uh, consistent pricing. We love working with them. It's awesome stuff. You can see the proposal right here. Again, it's attached in the email. So you have this proposal, right? But you can see a thousand bucks, blah, 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 I go through. And then I go, you know, there's a whole bunch of, this is a business owner's policy, which is a whole package of coverages. There's a whole bunch of coverages at the end you can check out. I'm not going to go into all of them because, you know, they're all kind of small. But if you have a really bad day, some of them, you'll want to have them. And even if you told me you didn't want them, you get them anyway. So boom, right? So I kind of make it conversational, but then I give them all the info. When they get that, right? And they've watched it. First, I'm going to, this number is going to be, give me a little bit of grace on this particular number because it's been a while since I tracked it. But like something like 60 plus percent watch the video after 7 p.m., Something like 40% watch it multiple times and 30% forward it to someone else. Okay. Now you might be going, Ryan, you've just given away the magic sauce. They're forwarding it to their agent. Don't care. If they're going to do that, we're in a good customer anyways. I didn't even think that. It's weird how people think that. I'm thinking they're sending it to their spouse to make a better decision. That's what they're actually doing. So what they're actually doing is forwarding it to their spouse or to a friend or whoever, right? And you'll see the watch. I mean, 
on like a $1,500 bot proposal, you'll see this thing watched like three or four or five times. Okay. So, but, but at night, right, the rest of us, all my competitors are trying to set phone call appointments during the middle of the day, right? Ah, this person's ghosting me. I can't get this person on the phone, but because you're interrupting their day, they don't want that, right? What they get is everything I would have given them on that phone call. They're seeing my face in the little circle in the bottom of the loom video, right? Right. I always start the loom video with like, with like, Hey, you know, that's Ryan face of the name, you know, now you can see who you're talking to or whatever. And they, they've sent it to their friends. They've gotten all the validation they need from their spouse or their business partner or whoever. And then what, what, what I get back is this is great. Let's do it. They don't need another phone call. I don't have to hunt them down. I don't have to get another appointment with them. They got to watch it on their own time, do all their validation. I did exactly what I said I was going to do. They've seen my face. They know I'm real. And I've delivered to them exactly what I got in the carrier proposal. Why would they need to have another phone call? Right. That's what I was thinking. Why would you need another phone so call? Then all, so then I, so I, go, I turn around and go, great. I'm so excited to work with you. You're going to get a separate email from me, from DocuSign with all the docs. You fill that out. You put your payment information and you'll have your binder, you know, in an hour. Boop. Done. Good shit, man. This is the kind of stuff I heard in One City World. I was like, dude, I love how tactical you make this, but you also back it out and give us the, hey, this is why they're thinking this. I absolutely love it. Well, yeah, I mean, so much of this is, one, I do not want anyone to think that this is because I like am smart or know what I'm doing. This is hundreds, if not thousands of doing these and seeing things work, not work, and then going and trying to figure out some of the behavioral psychology behind why this might be happening. Cause I don't understand. Like, why does it have to be an open-ended question at first? Well, the reason is, and, and this is where I got, we develop more trust with someone who is willing to listen to us than someone who talks to us. Right. So again, I'm barfing on all yeah. of you right now. Yeah. So you no, all like hate that. me, but like, if I were being smart and trying to build trust, I would be like, you know, Cass, tell me what your problem with inbound leads is. What's struggling, right? And then you'd, mm-hmm. you'd start talking to me and then I'd, I'd ask a follow-up question. I ask a follow-up question. And the less I talk and the more you talk, the more you trust me because I'm willing to listen to you. I'm listening to you. You're, you're like, man, this person really gets me, right? They don't get you. They're just not talking. They're asking questions. So, so that open-ended question is a gateway to, to starting to establish trust. Ryan, you know what? I'm thinking about this real quick because I'm geeking out mentally here. I would like to, if anybody else wants to talk about it, why is that that when we listen? Is it because people of authority like doctors, maybe like cops, maybe other people that we see in authority positions, they usually are asking us a lot of questions and we associate trust with them? That's really, really weird how that human brain works to make that happen. So Yeah, I I will say that I don't know um, all of the psychology behind it, but I know Uh, there's two particular things that I know to be true. There is a general sense that when someone is, is barfing information on us, that they are trying to sell us and Uh, no one wants to be sold. uh, Nobody wants to be sold. Right. So, so that's one, especially coming into a situation where again, going back to an inbound lead has a very low level of trust with you. So if you start barfing on them, they're like, ah, bad decision. This, this person just wants to sell me. They don't care. When I say, hey, Jason, I'm so happy you reached out. How can I help? You're like, Whoa. what do you mean? Oh, what do you mean? How can I? let me tell you? How, this is what's going on. And you'll get that. I've had people curse out their former agents. I've had people mother F up and down insurance as an industry. And I just sit there and I listen. 
And I just listen. I'm just waiting for whatever their issue is, right? And as soon as I hear what their issue is, and again, some of that just takes practice. You know, a lot of it, like I said, a lot of it is uh, unresponsive agents, uh, maybe a coverage that their current agent couldn't provide, um, out-of-state stuff. What if it's the price? Do you filter that out any differently, Hanley? Price is always an issue. Um, okay. I just address it. You okay. Know? I just, so if someone comes to me, so I would say, Price is almost never an issue for anyone who is on their second insurance policy. Price is often an issue for people who are on their first insurance policy. So new businesses tend to over-index on price. So I will do a hard, I will do a hard cut real early on new businesses. So let's say um, I get a contractor, right? A, a landscaper starting a landscaping business. We've all had to deal with these guys, right? In the nature of our business, I take them. No customer left behind. You guys toss them out. You put your garbage back out into the internet. I collect your garbage and I turn it into gold coins. That's my job. So please keep throwing these people back into the pool for me. I love it. I, I absolutely love it. So um, so let's say a landscaper calls me, okay? Brand new. Hey, th- just started up landscaper. Okay. Hey, man, so you know, you're 26 years old. This is your first business in your first landscaping business. You're looking at a minimum $3,500, minimum. How does that feel? Well, geez, Ryan. I and I said, here's the deal, man. I, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I just want you to know. And, and, and honestly, I don't want to waste my time. It, I want to help you, but I certainly do not want to come back with a $3,600 quote and have you tell me to go fly a kite. So if you're not around that price, if that's not, that doesn't, if that seems completely ludicrous to you. And again, I mean, I'm just making that up. It, right, I, yeah. you know, it's probably more like 1500 bucks or whatever. I actually think the price is going to be around. I basically right. take whatever I think it's going to be and add like 20 or 30% to it. Mm-hmm. And I said, it could be less, but I want you to know it could be this. Is that, where are you? And they'll let you know. Now, now, Ryan, it's very important that you do this here because here's what people say. I couldn't ask that up front, but I always tell my agents that that answer, that question will always be answered, but you get to choose when it gets answered, either at the beginning or the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always at work. the beginning. Uh, yeah, yeah, because you do all the work. And then at the end, he goes, oh, shit, I didn't know it was 3500 bucks. Yeah, like, that's God. worst case scenario. Absolute worst case scenario is you do all this work, feel amazing about yourself because you did a great job for them. You know, this is a great premium. You deliver and they're like, bro, you're on another planet. I can't afford that. And you're like, and then you get bitter and you hate inbound leads and you go back to working only on referrals and you go out of business. Okay. So I don't want that to happen. (laughs) So I, so my, my point in all this is addressed price up front. You will have people that just go, I can't afford that. And then I go, okay, great nexinsurance.com, go there, go get your first insurance policy. I want you to know it's not a great policy. There's a lot of gaps in it, right? And your pricing is going to fluctuate. However, for a 26-year-old who's just starting out, that might actually be the best policy for you right now. Go do that. Once you go through your first policy, right? It's your starter policy. If you're feeling froggy, come back to us and we'll get you what you actually need. So if something does happen in your business, you're covered. Okay. But no, you're probably just paying for a certificate of insurance. I just want you to know that, that and, which is fine. I get, look, we get super judgy as insurance agents, right? Well, they just want this insurance policy for a certificate of insurance. So can what? It's their life. So what? They just want it for a certificate of insurance. They're running, they're, they probably got a kid. They got a spouse, right? Whether, you know, male or female, they got bills they got to pay. If they only need an insurance policy right now, the best they can do is an insurance policy just to get a CUI to get on job sites. I think you are an a-hole for judging them for that, right? It doesn't mean you have to write the policy, 
but I'm just saying we get mm. super judgy. And it's like, I just don't judge people like that. I'm like, what do you need? How can I help? If you're telling me that you need a policy just to get a certificate of insurance, if I can help, I will. And then what I'm going to try to do is coax you over time into a big boy or big girl policy, right? Something that I think is actually going to work for you. But I think by tossing these people out because their needs don't match our val- our purest value structure is, is, is I think it, that's hypocritical personally. But I agree. long story short, address price up front. Um, again, I find this, I find price to be much more of a factor with first time policy buyers. If someone's been in the market a little bit, it tends to just be something you need to address, you know, and like not, that. but not a true buying metric. Elephant in the room. Talk about it. You know? Yeah. 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 That makes sense. I don't know about you, but I brought him on to deliver the goods and I think he did it right. You ever heard anybody sit down and, and talk about inbound leads like that? No, they don't. But here's the deal. It's how he gets those leads. I'm going to do a shameless plug here, Cass. Okay. Findingpeak.com. Okay. Oh, yeah. Do it. I'm writing some, it's not a lot of, it's not all insurance shit. I'm just having fun writing about personal development and that kind of stuff. And if you're interested in that, Finding Peak, you can subscribe for free. I appreciate you guys. Really, really, truly do. Haley, thank you very much for coming on. I really greatly do. Everybody, one of you, happy Valentine's Day out there to you. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.